And I'm Katie King. And this is True True Crime Crime New England. England. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for our 50th episode. That's crazy. What the hell? The big 5-0. Yep. God, it feels good. Yeah. I can't believe it. And you know what's ironic? This episode comes out one day before our one-year anniversary of the release of our first episode. What good timing on our part. We nailed that shit. Mm. Unknowingly. Unknowing. We didn't. We're good at planning, I will we, say. We are. We are top tier at planning. Yep. We couldn't have planned this better. Nope. I'm so excited. So this podcast was but a dream at first. And now it's reality. And it has been for a whole year. That's crazy. I wish someone told us before we started how much work goes into a podcast. Dude, I wish we kept a log of all of the hours we put in. Yeah. No complaints. No, no. No complaints. Just stating a mere fact. Yes, it's worth it for you guys. (laughs) But we've put in probably over 100 hours. Definitely. Easily. Between research, recording editing website instagram oh my god yeah it does not emails to maintaining social media like that whole yeah yeah oh i think 100 hours barely scratches the surface i think you're probably right which is fine oh yeah no 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 no. this is we signed up for this we absolutely did and i'm so happy about it (laughs) (laughs) it's really it's been so fun yeah and um we're just so excited that you guys have stuck through this whole year with us. We have some very loyal listeners. For sure. It's been awesome. We appreciate you guys so much. And because you guys have been so good to us, we have a special treat for you. Unfortunately, it is not money, but second or fifth best thing. <laughs> and we're, we're pretty excited about it. We have a special mini episode coming out tomorrow for our one-year anniversary. Yep. Just as like a fun little mini episode. We're not going to be covering a case. We're not going to be, well, we will be talking about true crime, but we're not going to be covering a case. Right. Just some fun, a one-year recap, if you will. What we've learned, Mm -hmm. what we've enjoyed, what we didn't enjoy, favorite cases, Mm -hmm. And we're even going to have a fun little uh, superlatives section. Yeah. More on that to come tomorrow, Mm -hmm. June 24th. So it's going to be, you know, it'll be kitschy and cute, but we're excited and it's fun. We'll give you some uh, statistics. Yes. um, That most listened episode, um, how many listens we're at at that current moment of recording, followers on Instagram, um, all the stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not us, like, bragging, because it's... But we're just so proud. Yeah, and even if me and you, Liz, are the only ones that listen to that episode, it'll still be a nice little mm-hmm. keepsake for where we're at at that moment. Yes. My cousin, Mora, actually recommended this and said, you know, she was thinking about it, and she was like, what if you guys did, like, a recap, and then every year you kind of could 
pull off of the last one and see what you learned and favorites and things since the year before, like Mm -hmm. the growth. And I thought that was a really good idea. I love that idea. Yeah. And she said, as a listener, not just like being my cousin, she would really enjoy that and like to know what we thought. Sweet. Great. People want to know what I'm thinking about? (laughs) Awesome. That's what we have in store for you guys. Yeah. So we're we're excited and it'll be cute and fun Mm -hmm. and... um, I really, I don't think we can thank you guys enough. For real. It's been incredible. For real. A lot of work, but very, very incredible. We're also going to be, as part of our one year, you know, we've hit our one year mark. Mm -hmm. We're looking to do a little expanding. Um, This mini episode is not going to be the only one that we do. We are going to keep that format and do mini episodes, but with case profiles that we've done on our Instagram, on our website. We have a whole list of ones that we haven't put out on social media as well. Right. Um, Our case profiles are for cases of people of color that do not have enough information for us to do entire cases on. Like full-on episodes. Yes, like entire full-on episodes. And we feel like that's not fair for many reasons. Yeah. And they still deserve to be put out there. Absolutely. So we've been doing so on our Instagram and our website, but we figured we could do many episodes on them as well. Yeah. And she says we've been doing them 100%. I have not touched (laughs) or posted anything on our Instagram ever. That's all her. That's all Katie. And she, she's the one that does the research and finds these names and gives them justice. So thank you for doing that. You do an amazing job. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be able to even share that with you. And tell those stories with you um, in now episode format. Yeah, that was your idea, Liz. The case <laughs> profile mini episodes was your idea. I just thought they deserve so much. They need for sure attention. And we have some really, really good ones lined mm-hmm. up. And it's so frustrating because we've had these, or we've had some of them on our master list. Yeah. And we go to do a full episode on them, and there's like two articles. Yeah. And it's like the same paragraph on both Yeah, articles. it's like a paragraph. I'm yeah. like, hello, this person was brutally, brutally murdered. I mean, we have one that was like beheaded and put in a car set on fire. Crazy shit. That's awful. And it's like they got one paragraph. Right. They never made the national news. Like, what right. the fuck? Yeah, it's awful. It is awful. So it's time that we tell their stories mm-hmm. out loud, too. Now that we are one year old... Mm. We're looking to do a little bit more. Yeah. We may be biting off more than we can chew, but, you know, it's all right. It'll be worth it. Yeah. It's good to do a little something more. Right. And this won't be um, every week. No, 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 no. I think we agreed on every other week or twice a month. Twice a month. Yeah, once or twice a month, depending. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I also think we were, we're kind of leaning towards this similar format in um, My Favorite Murder Style, where you tell one and I tell one, Mm -hmm. because they are very short. Yeah. Um, But they still deserve to be told. For sure. So that's why I think this is a good idea. And it also gives a little more for you guys. Um, We're still kind of playing around with what day it should come out and all that stuff. But, um, so start looking for that in the next uh, few weeks. Yeah. I think we'll, a uh, few months maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But either way, thank you guys for sticking with us for one year. We'll be making more content for you. We'll do anything for you. Really. 
Anything. <laughs> anything. I say almost anything. <laughs> Liz is the one saying anything. I'm more open. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> they can come to you. Yeah, that's fine. I'll field all the calls. Perfect. That's, that's okay. But in short, thank you. Mm-hmm. And we thought today needed like a special case, something wacky and crazy and confusing. So Katie, you decided, you were like, what about this? And I was like, hell yeah. It's so crazy. It's weird. It has mystery and disappearances and cryptozoology question mark and it's all unsolved what again (laughs) true crime new england with an unsolved case we needed something for vermont Mm -hmm. we're in vermont this week so we needed something anniversary episode 50th what what? something crazy so here we are so this is it Mm -hmm. this is the one and we're excited to tell it absolutely it was a lot of fun to research too there's so much online and there's yeah. books and oh my god y'all we'll tell you a battered down version hell yeah all right and without further ado today we will be covering the, the bennington, bennington triangle disappearances, disappearances. Just because it's our 50th episode doesn't mean we're going to change the pace. Our sources, as always, Katie, what do you got? To keep it on pace? Yes. I have to say Wikipedia. God bless you, Katie King. I have to say Wikipedia. It wouldn't be a special anniversary episode without Wikipedia. It's true. Sponsor us. Yes, right. (laughs) I also use History by Day. All That's Interesting, Legends of America, Reddit was very helpful, Vermonter.com, and Medium.com. Ooh. Another fabulous resource. Yes, I love Medium.com. I also, in addition to you as well, had Wikipedia. Thank God. Please donate $5 to Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, I also used All That's Interesting, Grunge.com, which I've used before. Not bad. And then history by day as well. There is so much on this topic. It's crazy. So much. There's history. There's, you know, we'll touch on it. We're mainly going to be focusing on the disappearances that Mm. occurred because that's the most true crimey essence of it. But there's so much. We'll fill you in. Oh, you guys just stick around. We gotcha. And for the beginning of this episode, let's give you a little history report everybody sit down get out your pencils we're gonna be taking notes there'll be a pop quiz at the end (laughs) and if you fail you go missing (laughs) just kidding we'll send you to the bennington triangle (laughs) that's your punishment so you better get sharpen that pencil okay in 1992 an author named joseph a citro came up with the phrase bennington triangle to describe a specific area of southwestern Vermont in which several people went missing from between 1945 to 1950. He had a book called Shadow Child, which goes into detail about the disappearances and all of the folklore that came with the area. Interestingly enough, the area involved in the Bennington Triangle included the towns of Bennington, Woodford, Shaftesbury, and Somerset. 
and that was centered on the Glastonbury Mountains. Glastonbury and Somerset were ghost towns at this point. However, they were once bustling industrial towns that focused on trade and industry. All right, I'm going to talk normal now. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you guys felt like you were really receiving like a, a lecture. very boring <laughs> a history lecture. Painful. <laughs> and I'll be honest, guys, I'm going to cut it all out, but that took me like seven minutes to get get that voice. All right. That's so funny. <laughs> But interestingly enough about the Bennington Triangle, there is some legend behind it in mm-hmm. regards to why this happened, and it all stems back to the Abenaki legends. So this area of Vermont was once an area that Native Americans, specifically the Abenaki tribe, mm-hmm. refused to step foot on. Interesting. They were like, we are not going near that mountain mm-hmm. unless we're going to bury our dead. That's a little uh, strike one for me. Yeah. You're burying your dead. It's an ancient Native American burial ground. So usually that doesn't bode well with any supernatural, paranormal, anything. Right. So they thought that this piece of land was cursed. They said it was a place where, quote, the four winds met in eternal struggle at the top of the mountain. So like north, east, West and south, all of the winds met and were kind of fighting with each other. And so the weather, it still is like this today. So Mm -hmm. there is some truth to this. Mm -hmm. The weather is very chaotic, very erratic. Plants will grow at weird angles because of the wind. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. This is important later. Mm. Plants grow strangely. Mm -hmm. Trees grow strangely. Yeah. Um, The weather can change very rapidly. Mm -hmm. That's also important for later. (laughs) And they also had this legend. I don't know if you saw this. Very bizarre and random. Um, They believed that there was like a man-eating stone that um, would open up and swallow anyone who stepped onto it. So a little different than the wind thing, but, Mm -hmm. it you know, it's legend. Mm -hmm. So that's why they just were not, they wouldn't touch it. They also kind of, and I hate to admit it because I'm a, I'm a skeptic, but they did tell of stories that were like of large and hairy half men who lived throughout the region. Oh God! Which maybe um, it's a little Bigfooty, <laughs> yes. Sasquatch-like, Yeti-ish. Yes. But again, a legend, mm-hmm. classic. You know, a lot of places have stuff like that. So that's what they were thinking, and this was long before anything these disappearances happened. For sure. So There's also been reported UFO sightings. Mm. People report a creature. It's on the cryptid map of America or something called the Bennington Monster that runs around with glowing eyes and you shoot it with bullets and it can't be shot at. (laughs) And it's just, it's crazy. So yeah, we just wanted to get into like the history behind it because it's very important for our discussion on these disappearances. Right. Um, All of the disappearances that we'll talk about that are part of the Bennington Triangle happened in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. They were surrounded by or had other people in the general area. Mm -hmm. They all occurred on a fall day, and all of the people that disappeared were wearing the color red. Weird. Mm -hmm. That's a little peculiar. Five, and this was five people. Yeah. Over the course of five years, so... That's a little weird. And in this triangle spot, 
literally a triangle. We have a picture of the map mm -hmm. where someone like outlined the triangle. Yeah. We have a picture of it. So it's it's like an obtuse <laughs> triangle, but it's a triangle, clear as day. Yeah. So wow. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's get into it. We got sure. five cases to go over. Yeah. Um and they're all just like into the thin air disappearances. So bizarre. So weird. And at the end, we'll talk about theories and, mm -hmm. you know, what we might think at the end. And yeah, it's oh, just yeah. so nuts. It's a lot. So, Katie, you want to start off with our first disappearance? Sure. On November 12th, 1945, 74-year-old Mitty Rivers, he was an experienced hunter and fisherman. He knew the area very well. He was out leading a group of four other hunters up the mountains on a guided hunt. And these are the mountains in Glastonbury. And this particular section of the woods they were in was referred to as Hell Hollow. Already no. <laughs> Already no. Why would you stroll through Hell Hollow? Yeah. I don't care how good the deer is there. Right. I don't care if it's broad daylight. No. Ugh, no thanks. On their way back, Mitty got a little ahead of the group, and they thought they would catch up to him, but they never did. Yeah. So at first, the group made their way back into town. Everyone's like, oh, where's Mitty? Wasn't it a guided tour? Where's your, where's your guide? They're like, oh, you know, he's a survivalist. He's an expert. He knows the area better than anyone. He'll be fine. He's probably foraging, mm, <laughs> like probably right. hunting on his own. Right. No one panicked until... He didn't show up the next day or the day after. <laughs> or the day after that. Yeah. Or that. The area was extensively searched for eight days by over 300 locals and soldiers from Fort Devens in Massachusetts. The only thing that was found was a single rifle cartridge in a nearby stream. Mm -hmm. They thought that it had fallen out of his pocket when he maybe leaned over the stream. Um but this doesn't explain where he went. No, because it's a stream, not a river. Right. Wasn't going to carry him down a whatever. Mm -hmm. This disappearance had occurred on the Long Trail Road area off of Vermont Route 9. And this was very shocking to everybody because they thought, you know, he would turn up eventually. Mm -hmm. We searched the whole area for eight days. Yeah. 300 people. Nothing else but the rifle cartridge has ever turned up for Mitty, mm -hmm. and he's still missing to this day. And it's been, what, 75 plus of you? Mm -hmm. That's nuts. We don't know where he is. Where did he go? He was a local hunting guide. He knew those mountains. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? And because he was a hunter, you have to wear bright colors, and he sure enough was wearing the color red. Oh, yeah. So that's why his guided tour kind of people were like oh you know we're gonna turn the corner and he'll be right there he's wearing bright red you can't miss him yeah that's nuts mm -hmm. and still he's never been found wow this second disappearance is easily one of the most famous ones um we actually had it on our master list and then realized that it was a part of the bennington triangle so i was like okay cool this is uh, the disappearance of Paula Jean Weldon. So she was 18 and a sophomore at Bennington College. Um, she basically, at the time she disappeared, it was the beginning of December in 1946. So this was um, right during the time when 
her classmates were on Thanksgiving break and she elected to stay there. So she was an outdoorsy girl. She was a smart lady. She wanted to hike a little bit. So she went out to hike a portion of the long trail, um, which was, of course, in the Bennington Triangle. Mm -hmm. So on that day in particular, Paula worked two shifts at the dining hall at her school, went back to her dorm room, changed her clothes, told her roommate she was going out for a hike, and then she went on her way. 1946. Great. Talking is the only form of communication. There's no phones (laughs) or bat signals. Um, Of note, when Paula left, her roommate said she was wearing a red jacket with a fur-trimmed hood, blue jeans, and white sneakers. When she left for the hike, it was 50 degrees, which for me is great. It's comfortable, whatever. But when it was nighttime... It fell more to like 10 degrees, which is very cold. And um, unfortunately, blue jeans won't cut it. And even a fur, you know, trimmed hood jacket isn't going to cut it either. You need layers. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Paula was last seen walking towards Route 67A at around 2.30 p.m., still daylight. A guy named Lewis Knapp picked her up at a roughly, it was like 2.45 Drove her as close as he could to the trail um, and then had to go on his own. So he dropped her off. And this was still three miles to the trail. So she was taking a hike to go on this hike. Yeah, yeah, really. She's very athletic, I'm assuming. Because I, the, even reading that, I was like, I'm so tired. That is so much work. <laughs> um, at roughly 4 p.m., a group of four friends saw Paula and they talked to her and they talked about the trail and the length of the trail. This was unfortunately the last time Paula was ever seen alive or dead. She's never been seen again. Um, Paula didn't show up for her classes on the Monday, which was the next day. And that was so unlike her. And so the police were called and her father was called. And immediately Tuesday, December 3rd, they were searching the woods they were talking to her roommate they were talking to friends they were talking to lewis knapp who drove her a little bit they were talking to that group of four people who stopped and saw her where the hell did paula go what like what happened um so even members of like the boy scouts were looking for her local college students hunters they were all looking for her um Apparently and unfortunately, the night that Paula went missing, three inches of snow fell. Oh, God. Yeah. So if she was out there, wherever she ended up, exposure would have really taken a toll on her. Mm-hmm. Um, a $500 reward, which was like $8 million back in 1946, <laughs> um, was made for any information about Paula's disappearance, her whereabouts anything um there was a few theories that people had very random like she moved to canada like she ran away to canada uh that's pretty random (laughs) there's no weight to that maybe to be with a boy again no weight to that weird um or maybe she became a hermit and lived in the mountains with her one jacket jeans and white shoes and no food or water (laughs) I don't know. This was crazy, too, because they had asked her roommate, you know, was she acting weird? Mm -hmm. Was she 
Her roommate said that Paula had been maybe a little depressed because she hadn't been able to go see her family for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So they took that and ran with it. Yeah. They're like, oh, she was depressed. She must have hurt herself on purpose. Oh, man. Or maybe she was using her depression as a ruse, as a distraction. Yeah. And she ran off to the Canadian border and hopped the border. <laughs> like, what do you think this is? It's December. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the mountains in Vermont. Like, Ugh. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And much like Mitty Rivers, she has never been seen again. Mm-hmm. No evidence even of no scraps of her coat, her hair, whatever. There's nothing. This case with Paula specifically, fun fact, actually helped create the Vermont State Police Department. Cool. Before this, they had no state police to call. Hmm. Um, Paula's father criticized the lack of sophisticated methods with how her case was handled. Mm. And yeah, this is still one of the biggest unsolved cases out of Vermont. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's fast forward three years to the exact day that Paula disappeared. This one may be the weirdest out of all five. Yeah. On December 1st, 1949, a 68-year-old man named James E. Tedford took a bus toward Bennington. He was visiting some family in St. Albans, Vermont. He was also a veteran and he lived at the Bennington Soldiers Home. There were roughly 14 other people on the bus with him. Yep. Multiple witnesses. So many. Broad daylight, it's in the afternoon. Everybody on the bus confirmed that James was still sitting in his seat before the last stop, before the bus entered Bennington. Right. So the bus stops, lets some people off, and then enters Bennington. The bus driver looks in his rear view mirror, you know, notices who's still on the bus. Right. Sees that James is sitting in his seat. Perfect. The bus crosses town lines into Bennington. Mm -hmm. A moving bus. (laughs) They're about to get off. The bus has not stopped yet for this next stop. Yep. Bus driver looks in the mirror. Where the fuck is James? He's gone. People on the bus look up from their newspaper. Oh, weird. Wasn't he? A guy just (laughs) sitting here? (laughs) Passengers also were very disturbed. This is very chilling. His luggage was still exactly where it was left. And he had an open bus schedule he was looking at. The open bus schedule was now on his seat. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. As if he had just gotten up to go, like, to the bathroom right. or something. On the bus. Yeah. Weird. Yep. Everything was still there. That is so weird. James had seemingly vanished into thin air while he was inside a moving vehicle. And if witnesses are telling the truth, it happened right as the bus was moving through the Bennington Triangle. Oh, my God. James has not been seen or heard from since. None of his other belongings, other than what he left on the bus, have been found. Wow. He hasn't been heard from. That We one, don't know where he is. It's so puzzling. The bus was moving. And if you're climbing out of a window or, like, forcing the doors open, you're making a scene. You're making yeah. a commotion. Everybody's yeah. going to notice. Yeah. That is so bizarre. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. That one gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies. Right as the moving bus goes into the triangle. Mm -hmm. Poof. Where'd he go? Ugh. I... That one is mind-blowing to me. That's the craziest one. (sighs) Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. And this next one is sad. Yeah. On October 12th of 1950, almost a year after um, 
James vanished into literally thin air. Eight-year-old Paul Jepson disappeared within the range of the Bennington Triangle. Hmm. He was last seen playing in the family pickup truck, as, you know, as kids do. (laughs) His mother stopped at the dump where she and her husband would feed the pigs, and so she had Paul stay in the car while she did that real fast. Um, She was the last person to see him ever. She turned around and he was gone. Mm -hmm. He was playing the truck and then he was gone. Mm -hmm. A huge search party ensued because this is an eight-year-old boy, and, I mean, he's a child. He needs to be found. And so hundreds and hundreds of residents came. Um, Even a New Hampshire sheriff brought a bloodhound to come and kind of, you know, sniff out where Paul went. Um, Initially, the dog was able to get his scent, but suddenly lost it at a crossroads that was very close by, still in the Bennington Triangle. The investigators kind of speculated, oh, does this mean maybe he got in a car and was, you know, drove away? Or was he abducted and put in a car? That kind of made logical sense. And it never panned out. They never, Mm -hmm. you know, found anything. Um, There were a few theories that, you know, what could have happened to him? (laughs) There was one that was that his parents killed him and fed him to the pigs. Yeah. I saw that. I was what, like, what the fuck? Is this American horror story? Like, come on. <laughs> come on. That's ridiculous. Um, there was an interesting one that his father actually suggested that I was like, what? So in the few days prior to his sudden disappearance, Paul's father recalls Paul being obsessed all of a sudden with the mountains the Glastonbury Mountains that are a part of the Bennington Triangle. He was obsessed. It was all he would talk about. And so his dad speculated that, quote, it was the lure of the mountains, quote, that pulled in his son. And then he was never seen again. Eight years old. So insane. So weird. He was also wearing a bright red jacket at the time of his disappearance. Oh, God. (laughs) Just two weeks after Paul's disappearance, there's another one. Of course. On October 28, 1950, 53-year-old Frida Langer went missing on the long trail. Huh. We've heard that before. Wow. We've actually heard that uh, two or three times, if I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The area of the trail she went missing from was near Somerset, which borders East Glastonbury, which, of course, all of this centers around the Glastonbury Mountains. Right. Now... Frida was a survivalist, an experienced hiker, very familiar with the area. She was hiking a short distance. They got about a half mile. She was with her cousin, Herbert Eisner. Frida had tripped and fallen into a stream, and she had gotten wet, so she went to change her clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's October, late October. It's kind of chilly. The weather near the mountains changes so rapidly. You do not want to be hiking in wet clothes. No. So she's like, all right hang here. I'm just going to go back to the camp, change my clothes super quick. Yeah. I'll be right back. Frida's husband was back at the camp. He had actually injured his knee. Oh. So he couldn't go on the hike with them, but he was kind of holding down fort at the camp. (laughs) Her husband never saw Frida come back to the camp. Huh. So she never made it back there to change her clothes. Over 400 people helped search for her and they came up with nothing. Not one thing. This was the search out of all five that had the most involvement from outside parties. Mm -hmm. Um, Helicopters from the Coast Guard, U.S. Army soldiers, 
the Vermont Aeronautics Commission. Oh. Whatever that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> they all came out and helped search for her. Yeah. This is also the only case out of the five where we have a body found. Yeah. Several months after Frida disappeared on May 12th, 1951, they found something. Yeah. Her body was found near the Somerset Reservoir, but the way that her body was found was very, very bizarre. Mm. This same exact area, as well as the surrounding area from where she disappeared from, had been searched extensively mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. Yeah. This was also three and a half miles from where her campsite was. It was very out of the way. It was like the total opposite direction from where she was going to go hiking. Yeah. Her body had also decayed so badly that they weren't able to determine a cause of death. So even though we do have a body, there are no answers. Right. And it's also very bizarre that the very same area that they searched for her, you know, months later, a body is found. Yeah. And I was going to say, maybe it was a killer who put her there, mm-hmm. but her body was in such decomp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, she probably was there the whole time or whatever. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. She, like you said, the only one with a body. Yeah. <sighs> there is one more that is talked about and sometimes brought into the conversation of the Bennington Triangle, but... Technically, it's not included. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story of 26-year-old Betty Frazier. She was reported missing on May 5th of 1948 by her husband, Declan. According to Declan, Betty's behavior in the last few days made him really nervous. And on this particular day, she didn't come home from the local bar. So it was like, oh boy, Betty, you you know, she's on a banger or whatever. <laughs> um, so the last sight of Betty was by a neighbor who later reported seeing her walking unsteadily along Highway 30 in the direction of Bennington. Um, And then she offered her a ride and Betty refused. So one month later, her body was found 17 miles away on a trail in West Dover, um, which is not directly in the Bennington Triangle, but they um, originally thought maybe it could be something because she was Mm -hmm. heading in that direction um interestingly enough and maybe because it was 1948 but they ruled her death um death by misadventure which is like no way dead serious (laughs) i know that's horrible yeah that's pretty sad i know wow yeah so she like i said not technically a part of it but sometimes you some places you find and they'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be okay to mention For that. sure, for sure. Now, here's the thing. There are so many theories. Oh my God, yeah. So many theories. So Katie, tell us some theories about what the hell is going on with the Bennington Triangle. So one of the most commonly thrown around and also commonly disputed theories is that all of these victims were the result of a serial killer. Yes, okay. A lot of people feel as though there were too many witnesses around for several of the cases. Hmm. Um, All of the cases happened in broad daylight. And also because of the varying ages of the victims. I mean, we have a 74-year-old, a 53-year-old, a 68-year-old, and an 8-year-old. Yeah. And an 18-year-old girl. That's weird. 
they vary so much in gender and age. Usually with serial killers, as we know, they have a preferred type of victim. Yeah. So it wouldn't really make sense for it to be a serial killer, um, just for like a lot of different different reasons. Yeah. A lot of people think that all of these people were eaten by a mountain lion. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Um, I call bullshit. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mountain lions are elusive. Mm-hmm. They're also very shy. They, they don't go near people. No. Um, and I don't think that a mountain lion would have snatched a man off of a bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that's a good point. And there'd also be, like, remains. Exactly. To be found. Exactly. Scraps of clothing, at least. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny that you mention a mountain lion because this is one of the theories that I saw and I thought it was a little weird. Um, some locals thought maybe the people who disappeared were killed by a wild mountain cat. Not specifically like a mountain lion, but they were throwing around the idea of a lynx or a bobcat or even a catamount. Yes, that's a real thing. Um but unfortunately, the theory can be kind of thrown out for very similar reasons as to what you said. Lynx and bobcats, not aggressive towards humans. They've never have been. And then <laughs> a catamount, the last time one was seen in the area was before 1940, and they're technically declared extinct. So probably wasn't a catamount. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you have classic theories of why people would disappear into thin air ufos bigfoot right yeah totally (laughs) the bennington monster like you brought up (laughs) come on now one of the theories that i actually liked that could have been feasible for maybe one or two of the disappearances Mm -hmm. so glastonbury like you said liz it's mostly a ghost town it used to be a huge mining town it didn't really work out Mm. There was also a really big flood and soil erosion after the flood, so a lot of people left. Oh. The 2010 census reported that just eight people are living in Glastonbury at this time. Wow. Creepy as fuck. That is really creepy. So, going into the theory, because it's an old mining town as well as a big flood with soil erosion, Mm -hmm. flooding in an area where there are a lot of mines does not mix. A flood would weaken the supports for the mines. The mines are old, abandoned anyway. Yeah. There's also a lot of hidden shafts. Right. So a theory is that maybe a couple people in the woods, like Mitty or Frida, when they'd been walking in a trail by themselves, a theory is that because the sides of the mountain are apparently littered Mm. with these old abandoned mine shafts, maybe somebody fell through. Okay, I could get that. With the winds making plants grow at weird angles, like we talked about in the beginning. Yes. Plants often grow over trails. They obscure trails. So you Ah. could be experienced. You could know the area. And a walking trail can look different in the span of several months from when you last went because of how the wind forces plants to grow over the trails. That's a really good point. So... The theory is, or one of the theories Mm -hmm. is, that maybe someone, even if they are an experienced hiker, they could have thought that they were hiking on a trail, wandered off, fallen into a mine shaft, and then, of course, they disappear. Right. Of course, they disappear. 
Okay, I'm changing it. I really like that theory. That's probably my favorite one. I feel as though that is an explanation that sticks with me for at least Mitty. I think that's appropriate, yeah. Maybe Paula. Yes. Could be. I like that a lot. Um, I could even make the argument for, um, well, no, I was going to say Frida, but she was found. Um, doesn't really make sense for the eight-year-old. Right. Does not make sense for James Tedford, who just disappeared in a bus. Right. <laughs> that one, I could never come up with a theory that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. I'll give you UFOs for that one, because I have no <laughs> idea. It's crazy. That one is the absolute craziest. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that different things happen to different people. I think that's probably a good guess. I don't have an explanation for Frida's body returning. Yeah, that's weird. And I don't have an explanation for James disappearing off the bus. Yeah. I don't know. I think an, I think it's a good idea saying, like, something different happened to everyone. Mm-hmm. I think the eight-year-old Paul, I think he probably got abducted. 100%. I think... You're mining the mining shaft theory and the collapse. I think that sounds really possible for at least Mitty, mm-hmm. maybe Paula. Maybe Paula. So I think you're right. I think it's all just bad luck in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for Paula, maybe I feel as though dying of exposure would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, she did not plan to be out late at all. No. The weather changes so erratically on the mountain she was not dressed properly at all it got down to 10 degrees it snowed maybe i think she did die of exposure and i think that because her search was such a hot mess the way it was organized it was i mean there wasn't even a vermont state police organization to help with the search right it was like the boy scouts went one way and the townspeople went the other way and tried to piece together where she was so she could have very easily died of exposure and then just never been found. Yeah. But it's just crazy. It is. That's nuts. It's so chilling. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to do this case mm-hmm. for our 50th, because it's a whole bunch of what the hell. It truly. Yeah. It's such, it's so fascinating. And there is so much information online. Mm-hmm. So much. You guys could go down a whole rabbit hole if you wanted to. Like, for hours. Hours. Easily. hmm Oh, it's so fascinating. So we hope that you guys found it fascinating, too. Yes. For our 50th one-year anniversary special extravaganza party time <laughs> VIP exclusive hangout sesh. <laughs> title pending. TM. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Yeah. That's the Bennington Triangle disappearances. Yeah. Oh, and we are aware that there is a similar triangle situation in Massachusetts, the Bridgewater Triangle. That's on our list. Don't Don't you worry. worry. We got you. Don't you worry. (laughs) We'll cover all our paranormal, Mm -hmm. spooky, crazy disappearance spaces. Yeah. We'll cover them. And they're going to be not frequently because this is a true crime podcast, but sometimes they come in. They sprinkle their way in. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, five disappearances in an obtuse triangle area. That's nuts. We had to talk about it. We had to. And I'm glad we did. Mm -hmm. So you guys let us know what you think. Tell us on our Instagram and Twitter, which is truecrimene. All lowercase. Or you can send us an email at truecrimene at gmail.com. You can also head over to our website, truecrimene.com. You can send us your thoughts. 
what you think, cases you'd like for us to cover in New England, please. Mm-hmm. You can be anonymous if you so choose. We have a feature that allows you to be anonymous. God bless. If you don't want to be anonymous and you want to put your name, if you suggest a case to us and we cover the case, we'll give you a little shout out. Yeah. We'll give you a little hey. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, yeah. And pretty please do not forget to leave a rate and or a review. You can head over to Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a star review and maybe write us a little something if you feel as though you so choose. We'd love it. You could also go to Spotify and leave us a star review as well. Awesome. And once again, on behalf of True Crime New England and our one-year anniversary, thank you. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. We love talking to you. Mm -hmm. We love doing this for you. And we are so thankful. We love you guys. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.